Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hello, I'm Mike Kapler and I approve this message. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, I know we're past the political season now, but Joel, I still can't get some of those uh, TV commercials out of my head. For those of you who listen to us around the world, we recently had an election in our country, and you just wouldn't believe how many political ads we have to put up with on TV over and over and over again. But we're glad you're with us here. We're going to put all that behind us and press on toward the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm and Mike I, Kapler with I, Joel Brzezinski. Growing in Grace that. is the podcast. And I approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to the high calling. The, oh, the, boy. The high calling. Yes. The, you know, politics has been part of life for a long, long time. And, you know, Paul dealt with it. I think John dealt, dealt with it. All these uh, new covenant people. Jesus dealt with it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think people are going to continue to deal with it until the government truly becomes upon his shoulders and um, Jesus Christ, that is, and things change dramatically. But that's, you know, we're not really here to talk about that today. We've got some other stuff to talk about. <laughs> well, we sure do, and we've been talking about First John, um, especially chapter 1, and especially verse 9, which uh, has been sort of a, a mantra that Christians like to chirp about when it comes to God's forgiveness and that a requirement needs to be applied, and that requirement, according to the religious community, that requirement would involve confessing all of your sinful thoughts and actions uh, in order to either be forgiven all over again or to remain forgiven or to remain in fellowship. or there's a, there's a variety of different ways that church denominations will approach this, but this is what we've been talking about. And uh, because our program is only less than 15 minutes each week, as you said recently, Joel, the program kind of happens organically. You can find uh, previous podcasts if this is something where you're just jumping in with us. Uh, go to growingandgrace.org and get caught up. Over the past, uh, I would say, almost the past six weeks, we started out in Hebrews talking about God's forgiveness. We jumped over here to 1 John chapter 1, and uh, last week also pointed out the differences between chapter 1 and chapter 2, because chapter 1 was addressing unbelievers. Then John began to address believers in chapter 2. You can clearly see how the language changes. And, you know, Joel, even, even later in John's letter, he brings out some parallels from things he said early in the letter. Uh, just for example, uh, let me jump down here to First um, John chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. He says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This is a direct correlation to what John opened up his letter with in uh, the first chapter, where he was talking about the manifestation of God's Son and those who didn't believe that actually happened. He says that every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. 
this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and, and now is already in the world, 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. And, and moving down the line, 1 John 4, 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. In 1 John 5, 12, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And even even in the next letter, 2 John chapter 1 verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge, which also means confess, those who do not, do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So Joel, really, what John talks about after the first chapter is a confession of the Son, a confession of the Lord Jesus Christ, which ties into another parallel with the Apostle Paul back in Romans chapter 10. Right, yeah, John, in that first chapter of First John, of his first letter, he's declaring something to people who don't yet believe. He's declaring the truth about Jesus Christ. Uh, these people, deceivers, and uh, lacking in knowledge, they're walking in darkness, uh, which often can mean lacking in understanding, lacking in knowledge, and he's declaring the truth about Jesus to them concerning the word of life, and he's talking about what they need to do in order to come into fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. He's not telling believers they need to do this. He's telling unbelievers, because like you say uh, in First John 4, he talks about Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. He doesn't say he who confesses sin, because what he's trying to do in chapter 1 is these people who don't believe that there is a sin problem, who don't believe that Jesus has come in the flesh. He's wanting them to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If he is writing to Gnostics, uh, which we talked about that could be the case here, uh, one thing the Gnostics didn't believe was that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed that all matter was evil, and so God could not have created the world, and Jesus couldn't have come in physical form because all matter was evil, so Jesus came in the form of a spirit. That's another story. Uh, it's, it is part of what we're talking about here, but the point here is that they didn't have the truth about Jesus Christ, and so he wants them to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And if they do that, then God will abide in them, and they will abide in God. And you mentioned uh, Romans 10. Paul wasn't dealing, when he was writing Romans, he wasn't dealing with the same thing that John was dealing with in his letter. Otherwise, Paul might have brought some of this stuff up too, but he wasn't dealing with these things. He was dealing with other things, and what he, want, what he was declaring, what, what he was saying, was that here's the word of faith that we preach, that if you confess, and this is, of course, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So by the time John gets around to addressing believers, he's talking about them confessing the Lord Jesus and, and all this stuff, and, and now Paul is saying that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For if with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's the confession, the one confession that uh, an unbeliever needs to make 
they need to acknowledge that sin is real. Those people that John was writing to, they didn't acknowledge that. They needed to acknowledge that. That's what the word confess means. And then once they've done that, they confess the Lord Jesus and they will be saved. See, that right there, that is the gospel. That's how you come to be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And so that's what ultimately John was getting to eventually in his letter. And that's what, uh, that's what Paul was saying all along. Exactly. I mean, Paul talked uh, about the sin problem quite a bit leading up to chapter 10 in the book of Romans that you just referred to. He was explaining some things about uh, the differences between the law and faith, Jew and Gentile, but there was a common problem. Uh, Everybody fell short of the requirement because of sin. First of all, sin that we were born into through Adam, of course, sinful actions, and John refers to both of those in, uh, in 1 John chapter 1. You see, because... Listen, Christians wouldn't deny that they've sinned. Even Jews wouldn't have denied that. Right. Uh, John is addressing people who might deny that. Uh, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Well, he wouldn't be writing to Christians making that statement. That's verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Uh, and the truth is not in us. But these were people, these Christians that John starts to talk to in chapter 2, these were people who did have the Son, who have overcome, who have had their sins forgiven, who have the truth in them. Uh, that, that's all stuff that John said in the next chapter to believing people. But here he's trying to get the attention of unbelieving people and say, look, if we confess our sins, and by the way, if we confess our sins, that Greek word, hamartia, is a noun. That would be related more to the sin condition that we inherited through Adam. We were, we were born into it. And if we admit that we have a problem, and we admit that we need a Savior, it should lead us to a confession of the Son, as John talked about in other mm-hmm. chapters in this book, a, a, the confession of Jesus Christ as Joel talked about that Paul stated in Romans chapter 10. They're talking about the same confession, not a repeated confession of your sins and sinful thoughts over and over again. And yes, verse 10 of uh, the last verse in 1 John chapter 1, it does say, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, see, again, Christians wouldn't be saying that. They just wouldn't. They've already made a declaration that they needed a savior. Or they wouldn't be Christians. They wouldn't be believers. That's how we come to the conclusion we need a Savior. And we seek it through Jesus Christ. And that's where we find it. So, but that, that is a verb. If we say we have not sinned, a sinful action, that is a verb. But otherwise, it was basically the noun when you see the word sin in this chapter. And usually that's the case in the New Testament. It's talking about the noun more than it is the verb. So great points here, Joel. I mean, these, these things that John went on to say in the rest of the letter, read the rest of the letter. First of all, begin to understand this first chapter was not written to believers, but unbelievers. And secondly, find out as he starts talking to believers, some of the things that he said, the language that he uses as he's talking to believers, and what he was referring to back in the first chapter when he says, he who confesses the Son has the Father also. It's a confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe just one quick mention here in, in the book of James, 
uh, he talked about confessing our sins one to another. That's not the same thing as what John was referring to right. here. There is a time where we have burdens and, and we may need to unload and talk with somebody, and it brings a an emotional healing. It can bring a healing when you talk things out. Not to receive forgiveness, but to talk things out. It, it can be a therapeutic thing, and we can even go before the throne of grace and do that, understanding that we have been forgiven. But sometimes we just need someone to talk to. Right, yeah, because between us and God, again, you're talking, James is talking about between believers, but between us and God, the, the wonderful thing is that we've actually been separated from sin. Our sin has been taken away, and so... This one-time event that we've talked about 2,000 years ago, in which all of our sins were dealt with once and for all, that was what Jesus did for us. Our behavior didn't make us clean. It was the blood of Jesus that made us clean. And so in Hebrews, the writer says in Hebrews 10.23, you know, he's talking about having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus a new and living way that he consecrated for us. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. And he says, let us hold fast the confession of our sins. No, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. And so that's what life is like for those who are in Christ, who believe already. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. More on 1 John 1 9 next week, talking a little bit more about how we don't need to ask any longer for what has already been given to us, and that is this once and for all forgiveness of our sin. That's coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.